everyone. This is David. Welcome back behind the velvet robe. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Mr. Matthew Hoffman. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you today? I am so good. We literally just, uh, I just got uh, finished recording today's show. So I am, um, I'm warmed up. Uh, so there's that and uh, ready to go. <laughs> and you, cause I know you just finished, like you don't need any, like not even like five, did you take like at least five minutes? Cause I know like when I go from show to show, I mean, I, I need more than a minute personally. Uh, you mean like to regroup? Yeah. You know, I would, I would love that. Uh, the schedule does not um, allow it. Uh, what's so crazy about Love Island is like, once you start, it is, you cannot get off the roller coaster. You just can't. Uh, we are seven nights, a, seven nights a week last year. And I think we're five this year, but I do two shows a week. So I do our, uh, our main show on CBS. And then I do our uh, Laid Bear, which is on Paramount Plus. So um, when I'm done with a show, uh, our normal show, uh, which takes a lot of time. I then um, have a quick regroup uh, and then I go into our second show. So it is, uh, it's pretty crazy. Well, for everyone listening now who, you know, doesn't like, they're like, oh my God, I recognize that voice. That's the narrator of Love Island. So I have a lot to ask and discuss and I want to hear all about Love Island, but I have to say, where are you from? We were just talking about that. Like, where did you grow up? I am a Long Island boy. I am, uh, I am from, yeah, a foreign country off the coast of New York called Long Island. It's a weird tribe. And um, yeah, I, I am a New Yorker. Do you miss New York ever? I do. There's so many aspects of New York. I do. I think it's a really tough city uh, to, 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 thrive in and or just survive in uh so there's aspects where los angeles are more is a little more forgiving um in that sense uh the obvious uh things that everyone would i'm sure be thinking about but um yeah so i i do that i i do miss I do miss New York. Um, I miss my family. Um, and I, you know, I, whenever I can get back there, that's uh, it is just the best. I miss, you know what I miss the most? I'll tell you what I miss the most. Tell me. You're probably thinking Broadway. No, 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 no. Cheese fries and gravy. Give me a real diner. Give me like a greasy, just dirty, nasty, like, like just four in the morning diner. That is what I miss the most uh, of New York. That's a good thing to miss. And I mean, as good as our diners are, New Jersey and Long Island puts us to shame. Disco fries, just bacon, egg and cheese. I mean, just all of it, like all of it. Yes. The disco fries. I don't really like cheese, but the fries with the gravy at 4 a.m., there's truly nothing better. No, and then in LA, they're like, would you like kale chips? You're like, no, I don't want kale. Like, give me the goods. Like, no. (laughs) Yeah, like just pack it on. Yeah. What type of child were you? Like, were you always into pop culture? I was a theater kid growing up. So I was very much, um, you know, I did my first New York show. I think I was 16 at Madison Square Garden. I played... um, Young Scrooge in uh, A Christmas Carol starring Tony Randall, Ben Vereen, Jesse Eisenberg uh, was my understudy for that whole run. Like it was just a crazy, crazy time. And um, I did the Juilliard program um, evening division while I was in high school. And then I graduated uh, and went to the Boston Conservatory for musical theater. So I was very much a, that kid. I was that kid. Uh, Yeah, so... So then, like everyone else that wants to break into the business, I mean, you know, you could stay in New York, but you found your way out to L.A. Yeah, I'm um, kind of like I, I, you know, 
my trajectory was like Broadway. And then I graduated the Boston Conservatory and I realized I did not want to play other people, uh, which was a little late in the um, game financially after paying for four years of college, trying to be other people. Uh, but um, I just didn't, I just felt really uncomfortable um, like getting sides for characters or, you know, all of that stuff. Um, and I just wanted to figure out how do I, just be myself and you know and this is pre-youtube obviously you know you couldn't do like vlogs and you know there wasn't even a thing it was like if you wanted the biz it was like a traditional you know thing and a crazy story happened um i will make it so short for you uh because this is an interview and not a documentary but i uh i went to the tony awards um uh with my uh very good friend and her mother happened to be happens to be uh anna wintour over at vogue and we had um she had invited me to go to the tonys uh with her and i did and i got called up on stage by hugh jackman uh, during, uh, you know, a, a commercial break and we did this ridiculous bit uh, and we were live um, and it made the papers the next day and it was like this thing and um, basically I that kind of brought me out to LA uh, and um, I kind of never looked back from there really. <laughs> so I know, I know that story, but did you know, I mean, I know that you knew Anna Wintour's daughter and Anna, but like, did you know Hugh Jackman? Like, how did you get called up on stage? No, I didn't know Hugh Jackman. He had come out on stage and he was like, all right, we're doing a request. And, you know, it's a commercial break. And um, Anna turned to me. She's like, Matthew, tell him to sing blah, 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 blah. Loud and obnoxious, third row. I was like, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, who said that? And I was like, I did. And he's he literally, I mean, it was like, New York royalty, you know, and just me. Um, and um, he's like, who said that? I was like, I did. He's like, get up here. And I'm like, oh, turn around every now. And then literally like on stage live at Radio City Music Hall. And he's like, what's your name? And I'm like, Matthew, what's yours? And he's like, Hugh. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. And uh, then he's like, well, what do you got show off? Because I had made the, you know, like whatever. And at the time I was auditioning for theater and I was like my audition song in the key of a D flat, please. And basically sang uh, from the Fantastics uh, live in front of Radio City. And then someone in LA said, get out here. We, we have stuff well, no. for you. And it, it made the paper. So it made the post like the next day. And then basically I was in contact with, I think like, um, agents who had come to my school like right before I had graduated to be like if you don't want to do New York you can do LA and then like that had hit and then like we had connected and I had went out to LA to take this meeting and I was like oh like I want to be a host you know that's what that's what I wanted to do I mean Rosie O'Donnell was my hero in my high school yearbook like I always wanted to be a a talk show host and um, it kind of just gradually you know worked itself out <laughs> did you look did you have any other talk show idols like I mean did you look to like a host like a Seacrest or people like that you or it was know, all about I, Rosie it, growing up it was all about Rosie I mean um uh, as far as the reality of everything obviously Ryan on on so many different levels on um ethic, work ethic, uh, um business savvy just all of that and and the sheer um host he's a genuine like like purebred like total host um so I so admire that but when I was growing up it was it was the more on the personality side of a Rosie it was the connecting with and I, I think to this day she is the gold standard of uh interviews um 
uh, yeah. So uh, growing up, it was it was all her. <laughs> she made the yearbook. <laughs> I was going to say, well, a fellow. I mean, she lives in Long Island. But that was it, too. Like that was a major thing. I would come home from high school and turn on New York 55, like on Long Island, like, you know, L.I. 55 and watch the reruns. Because when I was in school, she was on ABC. But then they played it, um, you know, uh, on this Long Island channel. And it was just like four o'clock. I would come home and it was it was that um and i yeah and there was something so accessible because it was in new york so you you had it 40 minutes from my house and then she was 40 minutes from my house so you're like oh she got out like anything is possible you know so it was it was that and of course of course of course um that was you know that was like the high school of it all but oprah i mean uh, the most obvious answer ever but that is the gold standard of um being a human being uh as far as i am concerned and um business and connecting with people whether it be celebrity or you know uh um a regular person to me it 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 will never get better than that it's so obvious i can't even talk about it like that's how um obvious it is and i had actually interviewed her um recently uh about years two years ago and um it was just the craziest day ever and I was like I cannot even believe uh this is this is happening <laughs> we're gonna talk about your Oprah interview in just one second listen I I, I know Oprah's all about their research okay <laughs> listen this is behind the velvet rope Matthew we are professionals over here I knew this I knew this and I'm embarrassed for me as always but like yeah. especially like right now <laughs> You don't have to be embarrassed. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not Oprah, but well, you know, you got a lot of work. You were on the red carpets and, you know, you're working with extra, like, did that all come like right away? Or did you have those lean LA years that everyone Let's has? Let's be very, very clear. Since we are behind the velvet rope, nothing uh, ever came right away. Nothing will ever come right away. Um, and that is just what you sign up for. So, um, that's it. I mean, I have made um, a uh, a half baked uh, uh, pie um, out of crumbs, <laughs> truly, um, and that's that's what it is. And that you 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 figure that out if you are not a major celebrity, you figure that out very very early on. And um, I took everything that came my way, no matter what it is, no matter what it was, and I treated everything as if it was the one um and I yeah so uh no <laughs> I'm the same way like I don't really say no ever I just feel why well and also too it's like who are we kidding this Propecia does not pay for itself right so like let's it's a yes send a car we'll figure it out like yeah that's it <laughs> seriously like it's a day of work let's go people yeah. Well, was there one defining moment like with doing all this and not saying no, where you just said, okay, you know, this move, I left Long Island, I'm here in LA, like, this is going to work, like, I'm going to make it, you know, or like, was there one job that you were just like, this was it? I think looking back, I, nothing's it. Like, I, I don't think like, and I think that that's a very dangerous um, lens to see stuff through because then if you think like this, like if I think this is it, you know, you, you rest on your laurels. You, you, you don't, you, you're, you're always kind of looking back a bit. Um, so I, I don't think anything will ever be it. I think you just keep going because you love it, you know? And if you don't love it, you are in the wrong business because uh, you have to love it. Um, so um, I don't think anything's it. I, I think that there was some very, there, there's two things that stuck out to me as very um, 
uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, very important, I think, to to my path. And one would be uh, my interviews with Regal Movies. Um, it really gave me a a chance to um, find my voice uh, and find my style uh, in very short periods of time. So like, you know, like uh, you get four minutes, three minutes with with everybody and it it really um, forced me to figure out like what my voice is, what I want to do and, and be very crystal clear to the second uh, to make sure you get all of it in um, in short periods of time and to work for a company that like, gave me no leash, let alone the longest leash, like really believed in me and said, do, do what you want to do. And like, I have done the most ridiculous things, uh, you know, that I can't believe I've done. And um, some have worked, some haven't, but you know, you learn along the way. Um, and then of course, Love Island was also a, just a major, major shift um, work-wise and um, uh, uh, everything, everything. Well, yeah, I mean, if you had a leash, you probably couldn't put, you know, your mother on the phone with Kate Hudson on Mother's Day. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I, I would have to probably run, some, run things by some people and I, uh, and I, I didn't, uh, which, is, which was great. And I, that is a testament to, uh, to, my, to the company, you know, to, to say, we trust you, go for it. <laughs> that was epic. Now, of course, I would have taken it one step further and said, now I'd like to talk to your mother. Just that's fair, but uh, security was standing by, David. I had to be. Um, I thought, yeah, but not. No, absolutely. Uh, next time, I, I will steal that bit from you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, it was right there for you to take. Well, I had the pleasure recently of interviewing the icon that is Miss Fran Drescher, oh. and you worked on the Fran Drescher talk show that was short-lived. Yes, I was Fran's official correspondent, uh, and um, she flew me down to um, do a bit. This is full circle because here's why: I did um, I did many segments with her parents, Sylvia and Morty Drescher, who were oh, you're sitting correspondence on the Rosie O'Donnell show. So for me, that was as good as it gets. And I will never forget, I've actually never said this, but I will tell you now since we're behind the velvet rope, um, Franny was truly the best, like bold, underlined, italicized, the best. And I will never forget, I was so nervous um, going into a crew with a crew to her parents' house, you know, all this stuff. And she called me. And I was in the kitchen of her parents' house and she was just the kindest, sweetest and was like, this is gonna, literally, she's like, Tatala, this is gonna be great. It's gonna be great for you. It's gonna be great for me. And she had this like lovely exchange with me, just, you know, kind of being like, it's gonna be cool. We're gonna be great and, and whatever. And I'll never forget it. Um, uh, and she was just amazing, absolutely amazing. Do you get as stressed out when planning a vacation as I do? Where to go, what to do, where to stay? I definitely needed some extra help in choosing the perfect spot for my next vacation. And that is why I turned to Apple Vacations. They're great. They're known as America's favorite vacation company for good reason. Just think of them, and this is music to my ears, as your one-stop shop for that next-level summer vacation. Apple Vacations will help you plan your entire getaway with confidence from start to finish. We're talking personalized service, exceptional values, and so much more. Plus, you can choose the most gorgeous destinations like Mexico, the Caribbean, Central America, Hawaii, and the continental U.S., 
Each all-inclusive Apple Vacations package includes round-trip airfare, hotel accommodations, meals, drinks, entertainment, and tips. Nonstop transfers are also included at no additional cost at select hotels. So the entire vacation is as seamless as possible. For a limited time, you can use promo code SAND75, that's SAND75, and take $75 off your stay at Live Aqua in Cancun or Punta Cana. Just go to applevacations.com slash BTVR to get the steal of a deal to your favorite Live Aqua resort today. Again, just go to applevacations.com slash BTVR to get this amazing deal at your favorite Live Aqua resort today. She's a good one. Icon. <laughs> Icon to the nth degree. Yes. Well, yes. Now you have interviewed everyone through this Regal Cinemas career of yours. So I wanted to start with, I mean, you mentioned the Tonys with Anna Wintour, but you did kind of interview Anna. Yeah. On the we, right uh, carpet. I- I did. I interviewed Anna for uh, People's List on ABC, um, which was a show hosted by Jerry O'Connell and Sujin Pak uh, that I was a correspondent for and and had a, a segment, Greatest Interview Ever with Matthew Watt. Um, and uh, that was really cool. And we went to the Tonys and uh, kind of full full circle moment with Anna um, years later. <laughs> is Anna, I mean, even though, you know, you're friends with her daughter, I mean, is she a tough interview? I would imagine so. No, she was actually so lovely. And um, she's, she's amazing. She is... Um, the most generous, loveliest um, ever. And uh, actually that that was my first red carpet for the show. And um, uh, a publicist of hers had come over and was like, are you Matthew? And I'm like, hi, yeah. And she's like, I don't want to talk to you. And it, we went from there. So it was, it was pretty cool. She is, she is everything. <laughs> she's a good one. She's a good one. Well, what about your Oprah interview? I did see when she... I mean, I think you asked her to do it, but she said your name in the most Oprah of ways. And then you fell off your chair, which I understand that. I don't know. Find find me another perfect response. I don't, I couldn't, I I, I don't know what that is. Um, But but, yeah, I mean, is that like just an out of body experience? Like this is my life. Like what has happened to you? Yeah, it was, but it was also very nerve wracking because I got the, um, the invite to interview her probably two weeks before the interview. So for like 14 days, I was on the verge of shingles being like, nothing I do in this interview will ever be good enough or be okay. And I was so hard on myself, like coming up with bits left and right. And just like, what could I do? And then finally I gave it like two days and I was like, what do you want? You will never, like the most selfish, like what you shouldn't do as a host. But like, I, I was like, I will never be in a room maybe ever again. And I was like, I just want to hear her say my name the way she would say, John Travolta. And um, that's what I went with. And um, she did, it was everything and um after i received uh which i've never said uh but i've received a um stationary like an orange stationary and then she wrote matthew in the goldest of sharpies uh blessings on your life oprah winfrey and i literally i'm still deceased so i don't know who you're talking to i am still dead um so orange stationary and gold sharpie correct framed as we speak um, in my home. 
<laughs> I mean, that's understandable. Listen, I-, I made Miss Fran Drescher do her Fran Fine laugh at the end. So amazing. Did you interview Franny? The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Yeah. Oh, how cool. I interviewed her recently, and just same thing. At the end, I was like, you know, I mean, we had a great rapport throughout it, and I was like, listen, could you just, and she was like, of course, you know. Amazing, amazing. You have to. You get one shot. You got to do it. You're like, it's the last minute, and this may never happen again, and I just got to ask. Yeah, amazing. But Oprah is a good one. Uh, The best? Yeah. (laughs) What? I mean, is that, like, do you have a favorite interview that you've ever done? Because you've done so many. Oh God, I would say personally, that was, that was probably um, just up there just as a human. Um, And then I've had to, uh, yeah, I mean, like um, I made the cast of Star Wars, Obi-Wan Bathrobies. And that was a pretty surreal day that like, I lived to like tell about it. Like I thought like Disney was going to tackle me. Like I thought like, oh, (laughs) this is, this is it. Um, That was pretty cool. I had a really fun moment with Denzel uh, where he like did this whole bit for my mom. It was absurd. Um, Yeah. So those are, those are, those are up there. Do you have, who was your toughest interview either like to prepare for? I mean, like maybe Oprah, you said like to prepare for, but like during it. To prepare, it was definitely that interview. Um, And not prepare, it was just pressure that was completely unnecessary just for myself. Um, I get it. I've never had tough interviews because as you know, it's like when you're doing press, you know, people are there to play, you know? So it's like, they, they know what they're, what they're doing. And I'm clearly not a gotcha uh, journalist or a journalist at all. So it's, it's a safe space. So I've, I've never had a bad experience, truly. That's good. Do you, who's on like your dream list of people to interview? Like if you could interview anyone, I mean, I know after, I mean, listen, after Oprah, I think it's pretty fair game that you could think big here. You're next, David. I'm going to do you. And then I'm going to do a Rosie and maybe the boat, all three of us together, I think could be exceptional. (laughs) Sign me up. I'm available. Well, also I saw on your Instagram, I was doing a deep dive. Some call it stalking. I say doing research. Beyonce, (laughs) that might be a favorite of yours. Oh, actually, Beyonce, what's so funny, um, I never interviewed her. That was a Photoshopped photo. That's what I, yeah. I, yeah. well, I didn't think it was. And then I think I read yeah, the yeah. caption. I was like, oh, it's Photoshopped. She, so she must be on your list. She's way too busy to talk to me. She does not need to suffer this fool. Like it's, it's, she's fine. She's fine. <laughs> do you ever have something like, you know, asking Oprah to do that or say like, Kate Hudson calling your mother, all of which is great. But like, do you ever have something where you scrap it at the last minute? Are you scrapping or like, I wish I did that. Or just you scrap it. You're like, that would have been just too much. Uh, Not a shady question. Just totally curious. No, no, I, I, cause I plan stuff so far in advance that like I have enough, um, uh, you know, kind of grace to, to jump ship at any time. And unfortunately I don't, I mean, like, I just like commit <laughs> for, for better or for worse. Uh, it, it, I commit, uh, but yeah. <laughs> How was JLo? JLo was everything. And um, yeah, she was, she was fantastic. Uh, she was fantastic. Yeah. She was great. 
Well, speaking of J-Lo and Hustlers, now you also interviewed Kiki Palmer. Yes. (laughs) And it was a great interview. And then all of a sudden... She recognizes this voice. She did. It was very, it was very weird because I, I'm sure, obviously not, I'm sure I know like you, you, you research people within an inch of their, uh, with their lives. And um, I had researched her big time because it was my first interview back from season one coming out of Fiji. So I think it was like three days after I had wrapped season one of Love Island, I, I was back at work um, and I, uh, I researched her. I didn't know anyone on her team. I didn't know her PR. I didn't know anybody. I had never met her. Um, and I walked into the room and she was, she was like, oh my God, it's so good to see you. And I was like, okay I was like I've never and I'm like gay rain man like I will remember you for the rest of my life like there's just no way that I met you and I sat down and I did my first line and she literally you can watch it online she she was like oh my god you are you know Love Island and it was the craziest thing for me because I had just got off a plane like within 72 hours and you know so and the show what's kind of lovely about Love Island is it airs when you're in it you're like in the eye of the tornado so you don't go home and then like watch your work back and like "Mm," there's no billboards around after it's just like it is happening in real time so you do not which is such a blessing you do not have the luxury to be like what did that review say or what are they saying online you just genuinely do not have the time um so when I rapped I just rapped and that was it you not that you forget about it but you don't think of yourself like who some may think of you as you know yeah and I walked in and she it was just the craziest thing and she was like when you walked in this is off camera but she's like when you walked in I thought we were friends like you were so familiar to me and she's like because I watched you every night and I googled you in the beginning and then she's like when you sat down I was like oh like cool like why isn't he being you know whatever and then the voice hit and it was like a whole thing and then that was three days after season one and I was like I have a thing here like you know what's going on and I I went to Starbucks after it's like tonight I will have a latte and they were like ma'am if you can please just calm down that'd be great uh so uh yeah it was it was a pretty crazy crazy story (laughs) does that happen more now you know now I mean Love Island is becoming a thing or I mean excuse me it had it's not becoming a thing it's a huge thing let's let's rephrase that david <laughs> um it's it's interesting the pandemic obviously has kind of you know um not been it's not like i'm going out or you know anything like that uh but it is it is very um it's it's a very funny thing because i never up until the show i never considered myself a voiceover talent uh so like my voice wasn't my thing and now it is and you're like oh all the waste of time like i can be off camera eating donuts like this is this is phenomenal uh so it it always uh it always surprises me and then i send a lot of um, voice notes to fans like if they write me like they take the time to like you know really like write some stuff that I think is just lovely not that they're saying lovely things but just like wow you like I'm always genuinely touched that anybody you know would reach out to me let alone like be really thoughtful uh so I'll send them back like a voice memo and they just lose it and it is my favorite thing to do so how does one how did this come about this job as the narrator of Love Island. Like your phone rings, you know, you're pursuing these hosting gigs, you're on camera, you're interviewing everyone. Like, how does this, how does this fall into your lap? Yeah, it was a very interesting, uh, um, 
path, I guess, um, uh, because <laughs> I'm not VO talent and I had never done a voiceover ever, ever until my very first commercial for CBS for the show, which in that exact day, I think I lost 20 pounds in sweat because it's like, I'm so fired. <laughs> like, there's just no, it's a whole art form. I mean, there's like, it's a whole thing. And um, I, you know, I was not in my lane. I'm an executive uh, thought that I would be perfect for it. Um, so reached out and invited me to um, read for it. So it didn't come through my agent. It, there wasn't an open thing or anything that I'm aware of. And um, I was like, okay, another audition I will not get, like whatever. And then I got the sides and it was really, really funny, like very funny, different than anything I had ever, you know, seen or, or heard of. And um then I did the Love Island deep dive. So then I was like, what is this show? I've heard heard about it, you know, proliferally, but I never like watched it. I, I never was like into it. And then I watched, I think like three episodes and I was genuinely hooked, like absolutely hooked. And then I forgot what I was watching it for, which I think is such a testament to the format. Like you got, so, I got so caught up in it that I was like, oh wait, I should be paying attention to this. Um, and then I went back to the sides and I was like, here's the deal, Hoffman you're not going to get this. You're just not. It is too big. It is a phenomenon in 18 different countries around the world. It will go to every celebrity in town. It's not yours, but I will die on my own sword uh, since I'm not getting it. And I rewrote all of the copy pretty much in my voice. And um, when I did that, then it got a little tricky because everything like the show daily has to fit um, within the time codes, within the visuals that you have to play. Now within the show, I can ask for things like, hey, give me like five more seconds of that or like cut that off. And like, can I have like, you know, 10 seconds here, 10 seconds there. But for the audition, it had to fit. And I thought I was like, oh, I thought I was on it. And then I'm like, oh wait, this just got very difficult for me. So um, I recorded the entire audition with, um, with uh, uh, a studio that I rented out. I was like, block off the whole afternoon. We're doing this. And much like how it is here, I uh, was with a stopwatch pretty much timing out every line that I thought I was so cool uh, re redoing that would now became a task. Um, and I did it and uh, sent it in. And that was in October and heard nothing until May. And uh, when May came, it was the offer. Uh, it wasn't an audition again. It was just off of my read. So it was a, a pretty crazy experience for sure. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Check out betterhelp.com slash velvet robe. Listen, life is full of stress. It doesn't matter who you are or where you are. Life is stressful. You may not be feeling down and out and depressed or like you're at a total loss, but if your stress level is high, like mine, your temper is shorter than usual, like mine, or even if you're starting to feel strained in any of your relationships, you could probably use the chance to unload, unload the stress and get it out. Talk to someone who's completely unbiased and who's not going to judge you or take sides. If there's stuff you can't tell your friends or family, this is the place to do it. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera 
if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Unload the stressors and get some unbiased feedback. You'd be pretty surprised at what you might gain for it. Try it out. See if it's for you. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Behind the Velvet Rope listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. That's B E T T E R H E L P dot com slash velvet rope. Betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. Right. Like no news. And then it was like, well, here's your offer. And you're like, what? For what? I forgot about it. Like, yeah. exactly. Like, I, I completely forgot about it. So uh, it was, it was pretty, pretty crazy. But I have to say, I didn't forget about it in the sense that I knew it was the one. And like, I never talk about stuff like, oh my God, I want it so bad. It's like, you're always just like, next, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And this one I wanted so bad. And I remember coming home, I think like, like over Christmas break or something like that, months later to my parents and I played them the audition and I was like, this is the one like I want. And um, yeah, it's crazy. Did you think about it all those months or were you just like, look, I didn't get it. Life has moved on. Or you just kind of, no, I thought about it. It was, it would have been the one that got away. It would have been. And I don't think like that at all because I normally am like, oh, like if it's not for me, it's just not for me. Like that's it. Um, and this one was so unique um, that it, you know, I don't go out for stuff like this at all. So uh, it was so unique. I, I just was like, I, I have to have it. <laughs> yeah. But that's, crazy that nobody said to you, you know, normally sometimes when you rewrite things, they're like, well, that was a nice attempt, but I don't know what you were thinking to no, go and well, do that. It was actually pretty crazy. And I've never said this is that I, um, Dropbox alerted me when they opened it. And then, um, they had written me being like, we just played it in the office and we're dying. And I was like, okay, good dying though. Right. And they're like, yeah, yeah. I was like, cool, cool. And that was it. And then crickets until, <laughs> <laughs> until I found out so wow so that was it so do you do any like preparation like did you go and watch you know Jane the Virgin did you go and call Kristen Bell and say tell me about Gossip Girl narrating oh, and I mean honestly like maybe I should have but like it was the idea of a narrator right is so like not American you know what I'm saying like it's not a format that we're like oh like yeah like of course obviously Kristen Bell and Jane the Virgin sure but like it was just like the whirlwind of like oh my god what just happened like cool and you know Love Island is a uh it is a fast moving machine so you don't even have the luxury to be like what's going on you know or even to prep it's uh it's pretty crazy that's what I was going to ask you. So when you are on location working, it's literally like real time. They bring you the episode and then go, and then you have to have it back like right away. Yeah. I, uh, I get in very, very early in the morning. Um, I will not give you a time. Uh, I will ruin everything for you, but I, I get in very early and I watch the show like the viewer does like literally like, like, will pause things and write. And then um, each act that I'm done, I then come into the the, the place where it happens and uh, I record um, that act uh, and then go back and then watch uh, watch the next, you know, post-commercial break and, and write and record. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy machine. <laughs> do you do all the writing on your own? Like you just 
well, do I it? Have, um, no, I have, so I am a voiceover producer on the show and I have two VO producers who are the most genius, generous uh, uh, band of misfits you could ever imagine. And we watch the show like the viewer does. And um, we basically just, you know, I say what I see. Like if there's a shadow of a drone, I'm going to call it out on a, you know, in a million dollar production, I will be like, there is a, uh, you know, there's a shadow there, uh, stuff like that, or, you know, um, just observational humor that the viewer is thinking and, or maybe not be thinking, be like, oh my God, like that's so, that's so, that's what I would have said, you know, so. Where did, I mean, everyone has their things, I'm sure that stick out to them, but where did, you know, people are working out like the one, two, one, two, like, let's pump it up. Like, where did all that come from uh no sleep and observational humor and you're just like you know just like little things like you know we did something the other night where you know with like a a a handstand on the ground and it's like I just think the the lens of the narrator like like he's off he's done he's like you know it's just kooky and crazy and the the wackier the better from for the way I portray him personally and it's like um it's just things that you you know like things that I do like a lot of the show is a lot of my voice like a lot of the things I say like my friends will text me and be like you've been saying that for a decade and now it's on television in my living room it's like it's very much my you know kind of view of the world uh in a more performative uh, a way, I guess, but it's, it's, you know, like I, I narrate people on the street, <laughs> like, like I, that's what I do. So um, it's, it's, it's just, it's Matthewism just kind of heightened a bit. I love it. I mean, is there anything, you know, listen, you've been doing this. So like, what shocks you after these, you know, we're not on our first season anymore. Like now here we are, like, is there anything that shocks you each year about these people as Uh, you observe them? As far as Islanders go, no, nothing shocks me. Like nothing, nothing, nothing shocks me. Um, I, I am always shocked by some of the things we get to say and show and do. Um, so I'm always, you know, like what's so rewarding about Love Island is like you, you, you're making a show that should be made in a week. You're making it in hours and it's airing within sometimes minutes of my last breath. Like to me, that is shocking. Like that is just crazy. Um, and that's a testament to the producers and to the team and the hundreds of people who are on the ground making that happen. So like, I am shocked by that. And um, veterans of the business who work on the show, the best of the best, they are shocked that we actually make it to air. Like that, it's just the coolest thing ever. Um, And then I'm just personally shocked. Like last night we had a line that I could not even believe got on air. Like, and I, and sometimes I'll record things like once and be like, never hear that again. Cause I just know it's not going to get on air. And then when they do, I'm like, (laughs) okay. Uh, So like things like that are are fun. Um, But as far as Islanders go, uh, no, I think that they are as vulnerable and as authentic as possible. And that is the best thing to be on a show like this. And when you're doing that and you're being your, your most authentic, vulnerable self, anything is possible and anything can happen. So, uh, yeah. What was the line last night that you never thought would make it to air? Um, the line was, and I can say it cause it aired, but the line was, um, cash was talking about, um, you know, if, uh, uh, sh- 
uh, the line was, oh, silly cash, you can't show boobs on television, but however, there's no cameras in this, vo- there's no cameras in this booth, Daddy's Flapjacks have been out since season one. Um, so like, the fact that like, Daddy's Flapjacks, uh, the phrase is out there in the universe, I think that's just uh, really funny to me personally. <laughs> yeah. So, and you think everyone is, so the contestants seem authentic to you. Do you think like, I mean, do you interact with them at all? I mean, I would assume no. Um, No, um, but I don't think they're authentic. I know they're authentic in the sense that when you're on a show like this, that is surrounded, but you are surrounded by cameras. I don't know the exact number, but like a lot, right? Um, You have no choice uh, to, to, to just be yourself. Even if you have, like, even if you think like, oh, I'm going to play this a certain way. I personally, from watching them the way I do, I cannot imagine um, that anything is not true to that person. And that is what I love about them because, you know, people have opinions on people, but for better or for worse, they are literally, um, you know, being themselves. And I think that that's uh, pretty impressive. it's the same thing as Big Brother. I always put this in Big Brother have to be two of the hardest reality shows to just make and keep going for so many reasons. Yeah, it's, uh, they are beasts. Um, yeah, in, in the best way possible. It's, it's crazy. Do you, I mean, I know it's your job, you know, to do this, but like, do you then become like a fan and a viewer where you're like, I'm rooting for that person. Like, you know, you're going to do the job. You're it's not going to affect your work, but do you start to have like, I'm a fan. Like I, I want this person to win. I hate this one. I learned very early on to like season one, like episode two to like, not, uh, I root for all of them, like truly, um, because you have to. And especially like for my, my track, it's like, like, <laughs> The stuff I say is funny, it's snarky, but it's never mean. And you can comb through every season and it is never, I look at it like this. Like I met season one, I met all of the parents who came on to the show. Like they all wanted to meet me. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so nervous to to meet them after I've been like talking about their, you know, their sons and daughters. But it's like, I thought about it. I was like, nothing I said would ever, like I think of it like if I was on a show, would I want someone talking about me like would my parents be like okay with that you know like would would anybody be offended or hurt or insulted and that's kind of how I I live the role it's like I would never say something that like family members or loved ones of them would be offended by and and um that's it so uh yeah I I just yeah that no you're not mean what about um being on location with Ariel do you guys just have so much fun yeah. I mean, I know you're working hard and your schedules don't always coincide. Yeah. Season one, we were together in Fiji and it was literally like summer camp. It was just like, oh my God, like what's that? Like both of us, season one being like, what is our lives right now? Like what is happening? And we would watch the show together every day um, when it hit satellite in New York. We would watch it from a shipping container in a field in Fiji, you know, 50 feet from the ocean being like, we just made like really fun television, you know? Um, and that was amazing. Um, season two with the pandemic, obviously um, very, very tough. We uh, we did not hang out in person, um, nor did anyone, uh, no one was, you know, I think I dealt with two people within, you know, 20 feet throughout the whole run because it was so 
was what it was. Uh, so, and then season three, obviously, because we're still in a pandemic, um, we are separated as well. Um, uh, and, um, but uh, the poor girl gets many a wildly unsolicited FaceTime from me <laughs> many times a day. Uh, and uh, yeah, but uh, she is the best. I am the luckiest to have a work wife uh, like that. She's just, she's the best. I would imagine she's a good work wife to have. <laughs> what? Why do you think, I mean, this show is so popular, so successful. Like, what do you think it is? I mean, you look at other shows that like are a similar genre, like they're all really successful, you know, like Too Hot to Handle. But like, what do you think it is about Love Island that people just love? I think there's honestly, and this is going to sound so like stock and like, you know, whatever, but like, there's so many things to love about Love Island. Like if you are in the genre of dating shows, right? We are so different from everybody. And that's what I love. Like, like reality in general, like it is what it is, but like to be in on the joke, like we are, and to call it out separates us, I believe from every single reality show that is out there. And, um, there's that on the format side, but then from a viewing standpoint, I think everybody wants love in their life, which I know as I'm saying that I want to throw up, it sounds so corny, but it's really true, which is why it's aspirational, but it's also like, you know, relatable because everyone has been in that situation or wants to be in that situation. So to follow these people that you fall in love with, or I fall in love with, or the viewers fall in love with and root for them, and like hope it works out as if it was your best friend or you in that situation. I don't know. I, I don't think anything's better. And do you, I mean, I think you're right. I never really thought about it like that, but you guys are in on the joke and that's. We are the joke. We are like some of the stuff I get to say and comment on. It's just like, it's what you would throw. You would throw things at your TV if I wasn't there. Right. Like, so it's like, it's, it's just, we're in on it. We are, we are at, the tongue is in the cheek. Let's say uh, it is, it is as much, uh, you know, um, we're just there. It's a, it's the biggest wink to the audience. And not only is it satirical, but it's like, you're still getting a phenomenal reality show. You know, it's, it gives you everything you want uh, for the genre. And do you think that, cause I do think like, you know, everyone wants love. I agree with that. And this isn't a shady question either. Do you think most people are there like as it goes on for the love, do people start to get like swayed by the money or it's really just all about the love? To be honest, I, if I had to put myself in that situation to quarantine for three weeks to, to be, you know, on a show that you don't know how you're going to turn out on, you know, like you, I think your intention would have to be pretty, pretty solid. Um, that's just my personal opinion, just because I know what, what it's like, you know? So I, I think that they are there for love and I, and, and you know, they are because like, unless they are Meryl Streep, like with the tears and that, you know what I'm saying? Like you would have to be the best actor in the world to fool me, let alone like America, you know? So like, I, I, I a hundred percent believe it. Um, I just do. I don't think that you could, I do not think you could fake it. Where, I mean, just from a pure, listen, you live in LA, I live in New York, lots of, we, we live in two places where there's lots of beautiful people, but where the hell are these people found? Let's just, let's just forget about everything except let's just look at what they look like for five seconds. Whoever is casting this show, I mean, is doing just like a great job. Like, 
All I have to say is I am very happy and relieved that I am off camera and everyone's like, be on camera. I'm like, I'm not an idiot. Like, I'm okay. Like, yeah, I put me in a windowless padded booth uh, for as long as possible with the, the genetic life lottery that is dancing around the stage. Like, I'm cool. Like, it's fine. Yeah, they are. But you know what, too? They are so lovely, like, as people, too. I've interviewed um, all of season two cast, and, like, they're just magnetic people, you know? And, like, it's just, it's it's awesome. We're the, it's, it's great. They just do a great job of casting it. <laughs> what do you want, like, you know... It, Okay, did you ever think like this would be, you know, listen, you've done like a lot of great things. You interviewed Oprah, but you know, you're having a moment. The show is, is, is a huge hit. Like, did you ever think, like you said, sitting in a booth? No. Speaking never. and not, not being on camera, not seeing, you're like, okay, I went to school. Like I'm in LA, like what? This yeah. is, this is, never. you know. No, I never, I mean, never in this capacity for a show this, um, big and I don't mean big like pop culturally I mean like like massive massive production um so um yeah no every literally like like I mean this like every day I'm like just like pinch me I mean like it's so absurd and like like pinch me for like the breakfast burrito alone at craft service like that like that everything else after that is gravy it's like what is happening you know so it's just been it's been an unbelievable ride which I have just been truly the luckiest it's all about the breakfast burrito, isn't it? I'm no fool. Well, you say everybody wants love and, you know, you're there in your booth and you're commenting on everyone, you know, what's going on in your own dating life, Matthew? <laughs> Security? Great. Um, I, uh, I don't comment on that, but I will say I am very happy. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm very, very happy. <laughs> I mean, just because you said you don't throw in a shady question here, every now and then to Oprah. I'm, well, we're very different, but I am here for your, uh, your shady questions. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't go down that, that, that rabbit hole, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very happy. And I have um, learned a thing or two from this show. That's all, that's all I'll say. (laughs) That's, listen, I I took, I took notes and it paid off. So we're good. (laughs) That's a fair answer. Listen, so many people come on this show and say so many things. And then I'm like, you didn't have to answer the question. Like, I don't know why you're upset with me. Like you could actually say when your friend Drescher or Oprah Winfrey, you could just say to me, no, I'm yeah, you're like, that's on you. That's on you. Yeah. But I'm, I'm good. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> what, what is next up for you? What else? I mean, I know you're very busy right now. Like what, do you have any part of the business that like you haven't, you know, done that you kind of want to do? I mean, not to, you're not going to leave Love Island, but when you're yeah, in, no, in between Love your Love Island's the best. Uh, when we wrap in August, I will be sleeping probably till November. I think that's the that's the goal. Um, but yeah, I would love to. I, there is one little pocket uh, that I haven't done yet that I would really love to do, and that would be radio. Um, I would love to, uh, you know, do that. Uh, so I'm I'm trying figuring out how to explore that, and yeah. Like a radio interview show, like a Howard yeah. Stern or like a Jeff yeah, Lewis exactly. type. Exactly. Uh, radio. Yeah. Just, um, you know, I have, a, uh, I have been, um, seduced by the, by the, uh, non-camera microphone, um, aspect of this, this amazing job. So, um, that is, that is an arena that I would, I would definitely love to, to play in. 
what about, you know, all these people that say, you know, I'm sure you see what goes on on Twitter. Like they would like you to narrate their life. They want you to be their best friend. It is the highest of compliments, truly. Like it is, um, look, Twitter's Twitter. So it's like all the things that could come my way, um, anything that does that's in a, in a, in a light like that. And, and certainly um, the, the Love Island fans, I tweet the show live every night with them and it is my favorite thing to do. And um, they are so loving and so kind and so supportive. So uh, yeah. <laughs> they feel like you're their best friend. Three final questions. One, what do your parents say about all of this? Like, I mean, are they, do they watch Love Island? Are they like, I mean, they what are, do your friends say? Like, what do people are, think? They are addicted to the show. I think season one, um, they watched every night. All their friends watched. Like, it was like, it, they're obsessed. I call my parents after every show because I live tweet it uh, here in the studio. Um, so this is, hello, Twitter. This is where I, this is where I see your, your smut coming at me. Uh, but it's, uh, I, I live tweet it here and then I go home and I call my parents from the car and uh, it, they're just obsessed. They have favorites. Uh, last night I got a uh very raunchy and i was like okay girl okay uh so you know they are they are down the love island rabbit hole and i would not have it any other way do right do they call you up like i don't like her that i I like that one better they're they love all of them truly uh and um yeah it's they're they're just like in they're hooked they're just hooked and it's the funniest it's just it's the best I love that. So my second to last question is, you know, you're asking Oprah to do the voice. I asked Fran to do the voice. But since you are here and you are the narrator extraordinaire, why don't you narrate a minute or 30 seconds or five seconds of what this behind the velvet experience has been for you? Oh, wow. Okay. Or is that putting you on the spot? No, let's do it. And if it's cringy for everybody, we'll just take it out, right? Uh, You can take anything out you want. How's that? All right, here we go. Tonight, behind the velvet rope, Matthew meets David for the first time. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) There is nothing cringy about that, Matthew. I will take that and I will run with it. Oh, God. (laughs) I love it. And well, finally, I just wanted to say, is there anything else that you would like to bring up? I'd like to give people a chance at the end. I mean, thank you for answering all my questions. I had my own agenda. I mean, Love Island is just a juggernaut that I am love and all of our listeners love too. But anything you want to discuss that I haven't brought up? I, I just want to thank you uh, for your time and uh, being a Love Island fan. It means the world. And um, yeah, uh, it's, yeah, you're the best. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. I mean, thank you for coming right off of your job and coming right onto this show. This setup is exactly what I pictured. I pictured you in a room like this with this, this is it. No windows, no, no palm trees. It's uh this this is it. Although I on my microphone, which is off camera right over here, you can't see it, but I have every season I do like a theme that I hang from my mic. Last season it was the dice for Vegas. So I had fuzzy dice, like good luck. And uh this season I have about four four lays uh just hanging that have morphed into like a weird Elmo-esque boa happening at the moment. But uh it's it's a good luck charm. I love it. Where can everyone find you online? All right. Uh, online at MatthewHoffman.tv on Instagram, at MatthewHoffman1 on Twitter. I love it. Thank you for your time. I know this is your busy season, so I really appreciate it. Thank you to your team, and I can't wait to watch the rest of the season. Oh, well, thank you so much for watching with us, and thank you for this interview. You're fantastic. Um, uh, so thank you. I really, really appreciate it. 
Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon. Because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.